Hare Krishna, Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. We're going to continue reading where we left off Friday. These are questions that were asked to Srila Prabhupada about the spiritual world, the nature of the world, some questions about how we ended up not in the spiritual world, which we haven't really discussed. They're a little, I would say, amorphous. Uh, Anyway, the discussion could go on forever. So we decided not to, to talk much about how we got here uh, and talk more about the nature of that world and various questions, details that were asked to Srila Prabhupada by people who are trying to understand, as we're trying to understand the nature of the spiritual world, which sometimes is difficult because we're in the material world. You probably noticed that, right? Yeah, so we're in the material world, which is conducted by the three modes of material nature. The spiritual world is not, and therefore it's a little difficult to properly grasp the nature, and so that's what we're trying to do, properly grasp the nature. And yesterday I was going through all my old CDs. Like, why hold have CDs anyway? Like piles of them. That was all from the 90s. In early 2000s. And um, I found something interesting when um, I was in Los Angeles in 1995. I was going out every day, every weekday to universities. And there were just a few of us, and sometimes I was chanting alone. Well, actually, this happened before I was uh, in Austin, Texas, and I would go out. Um, my wife, myself, one or two brahmacharis, they would distribute books and we would just sit on the street and chant. And so I made a CD of Kartal's tabla, it's actually from a keyboard tabla, Kartal's tabla and tambura, all from the keyboard. And then I made a CD of that and I had a little battery-operated system and I would play it and sing with it. And I found it. This was made in must have been made in 1995. <clears throat> so, it's a few years after 1995, isn't it? Like 25 years. So, 25 years later, I found the CD. Yeah, there it is. I found it. Interesting. And I found all kinds of interesting things. But today I'm going to chant like I used to chant. We're going to try to chant with it. And it's not... I don't... Well, maybe tomorrow I'll, I'll have an adapter and we can go straight into the recorder. Now you're going to hear it kind of in the background from my speakers, which are here. My microphone's here and it's to the back of the speakers. So, not perfect, but let's see what happens. This is my closest I'm going to get to a harmonium sound on this. Thank you. 
something funny so I had <clears throat> I had a harmonium we would take out the harmonium and I had a little box and in the box was a little amplifier and a CD player and then we had a battery and, a, and an inverter so we could run the amplifier and I had a microphone and so I'd have this CD and I'd be playing this CD and I'd just be chanting along with harmonium and people would, and this, this CD has tambour, it has tablas, cartels, and it has a bell tree. Like every four or eight measures, there's a bell tree. And people would come up, and they'd look at the harmonium, and they're trying to figure out, how is this harmonium making all this music? Uh, it was funny. But because I was the only one chanting, what I noticed is when I played this... You can hear it better now. This is my backup. <clears throat> and I could be a one-man band. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare so I could do that and then somehow or other it would attract more people 
to come and inquire about books and Krishna consciousness than it would if it was just me sitting with some cartels. So that's what I did, and I found it, and there it is, you have it. And I found lots of other interesting things. You know we were talking about reading stories with background music? Well, I found maybe eight tracks of background music that I created probably around 20 years ago. Interesting. Now I have all this music, which is my own, which we could use for background, for reading. And I will do it eventually. You have my word, my promise. You will get reading Prabhupada's books with some background music. I already did the Rasa Leela two weeks ago, but I have to just mix it, and then I haven't had time. because I dedicated myself to working on something else, a few other priorities. So here we are, everyone. It is... Monday, June 15th, 2020. And we've been reading for the past two and a half months about dying because it's such an interesting subject and a subject which is avoided quite often. So we decided to tackle it and we've benefited from it tremendously. So we are going to continue reading from where we left off regarding questions that were asked Srila Prabhupada. I don't know where we left off. Kamaniya, you know where we left off? You have to go. And we'll unfortunately miss today's class. Oh no. Dun, dun, dun. Gabriel is filling in for me. Gabriela. Delegato. I have forwarded her the latest questions about... Okay, so we just have to figure out where we left off. I'm online on my phone, listening at least to the first half hour. Okay. So Gabriela says, Sima Bhagavatam, 6-1-15, London, August. Okay, let me look. Let me look. That's where we left off. August 3rd in London. The Srimad Bhagavatam. I don't know about that. Mm. Mm. Give me a second. Yes, I found it. Okay. 6.115, is that correct? Yeah, all right, that's where we left off. So, under... Gabriela Delegato, under her name, you will see what we're reading now. So a devotee named Kulak Shekhar <coughs> is asking a question. <coughs> Prabhupada can't hear it. Prabhupada says, I cannot hear you. Kulak Shekhar, could you explain a little bit about the position in which we are situated in the spiritual sky before coming to the material world? Oh, no. I included that question. I was just reading something about that this morning, written by a devotee who was formerly in ISKCON, quite a scholar, and he said something that made no sense to me. And sometimes when you have these discussions, it's a little bit like that. Some things, some things which are so transcendental, 
sometimes they're hard to get our head around because from the material perspective, it doesn't make sense. Anyway, let's see what Prabhupada says. What position did we occupy in the spiritual sky before we fell into the material world? Prabhupada, you are already in the spiritual sky, but you are simply covered. Just like the sun is already there. You are already there, but there is a cloud. So in other words, Prabhupada saying, from a certain perspective, there is no material world. There's only the spiritual world. Just like there's only sunshine, but on the other side, there's only sun, there's never not sun, but on the other side of the clouds, it looks like there's no sun. Or at nighttime, it looks like there's no sun, but the sun is always there. So it's just, it's a covered. So there is only one world, but we call material when we're covered by the modes of nature. Just like the sun is already there, you are already there, but there is a cloud which hinders your checking, your seeing of the sun. Similarly, the sky is one when it is clouded or not clouded. So actually, we are always in the spiritual world. But when you forget Krishna by the cloud of illusion, that is material. As we had discussed this what's the definition of material and what's the definition of spiritual? Well, Prabhupada's giving a very simple definition here. You remember Krishna, that's spiritual. You forget Krishna, that's material. You, you, can, you, you can be a demon trying to kill Krishna. So you're in Krishna's presence, but not a whole lot of purification. I mean, obviously some purification, but not the same purification that a devotee gets. So, you're trying to remember Krishna, see him everywhere, that's spiritual. You're trying to forget Krishna everywhere, which is what materialists are trying to do, or specifically atheists are trying to do. That's material. It's the same world, but the vision is different. The consciousness is different. The actions are different. When the sky is clouded, you cannot see the sun. It does not mean that you are in a different sky. You are in the same sky. When the cloud is clear, you are in the same sky. But the difference of position is due to the cloud. That is called maya. When you forget Krishna, that is material. And as soon as you become Krishna conscious, that is spiritual. Just like here, the temple. It is not in London, it is in Baikunta. The Prabhupada would often say that. The temple is not in such and such city, it's in the spiritual world. Devotees. Haribo! Jai Prabhupada! And you could imagine that some people who were sitting there, maybe younger devotees or devotees who were not progressing well in Krishna consciousness, when Prabhupada said, this temple is the spiritual world, some of them probably were doubting that or, or confused about it. You know, it feels like London to me. It's kind of cold outside and dark and damp as London can get. Sometimes this one, when was this? Was this the winter? No, it was the summer. Oh, yeah. So it might have been sunny that day. But still, whatever the condition of London was that day, I'm sure some people were thinking, how is this the spiritual world? When I go outside, it's London. And I'm getting old. And I have to sleep, I have to eat, and so forth. 
And so Prabhupada's point is interesting that wherever there is Krishna, that's removing the clouds, that's the spiritual world. That's it. There actually is no material world, but when we're in material consciousness, then we see the world as separate from Krishna, and then there's the material world. Otherwise, there is no material world. That's interesting, isn't it? A devotee doesn't live in the material world because there is no material world for him, because he sees things only in relation to Krishna, so there's no material world. And if I don't see that way, then there's a cloud, and then I'm in the material world. And all the problems of the material world will affect me. And you say, but Prabhu, your body is material. Yes, but your consciousness is not in the material world. That's the idea. Let's read on. Because here everyone is Krishna conscious. They haven't forgotten Krishna. Therefore, they are in Baikunta. Others may see, oh, you are in London, how are you in Baikunta? Just like Krishna in Bhagavad Gita is said, Ishrara Sharva Bhutanam Rideshte Arjuna Tishtati. God is situated in everyone's heart. So everyone's heart means he is in the heart of the hog also. But if the hog is within the stool, that does not mean Krishna is also within the stool. Similarly, the devotees, although they are in London or New York, they're in Baikunta. That is to be realized when one is in Krishna consciousness. Yatra tishtanti mad bhakta tata tishtami narada. Krishna says, I live there where my devotees are there. I don't live in this verse. I don't live in Vaikuntha. I live where, I think the verse is, I don't live in Vaikuntha. I don't live in the hearts of the yogis. I live where my devotees are glorifying me. So, Krishna consciousness, in, in, a, in a sense, it's there's this huge frustrating factor in Krishna consciousness. In, in the Frustrating factor is that we know Krishna is present in his name. We know Krishna is present in the temple, in the deity, in the devotee, in the Bhagavatam. We know when we're in Kirtan, we're not in the material world. But these things are difficult to realize in our conditional state. And sometimes it's frustrating. You, you may go to some very holy place and you hear how holy it is, and you may not feel much, or as much as you would like to feel, or expecting to feel, or wanting to feel. This is where Krishna did this pastime, and this happened, and that happened. Okay, I'm not feeling it. <laughs> Have you ever had that experience? You're in the Holy Dom, and you know, like, this is where Krishna jumped on Kaliya, and you're like, okay, okay, I'm here, I'm here. And that's about it. It's like a little, little, you know, it starts to boil over, and then it just simmers back down. And it's very frustrating. Because it's like every day we're hoping, maybe today's the day that I'll finally realize that, you know, Krishna, I'll see Krishna in the deity, or I'll... <laughs> 
see Krishna and experience him in his holy name. Or I'll read the Bhagavatam and the whole Bhagavatam will be wet because I'll be crying. Like, I think it was Raghun, was it Raghunathas Goswami? His Bhagavatam was always wet because he was crying when he was reading. It's just that Krishna's amazing. He just has to cry. Maybe today is going to be the day, and then, you know, tonight you're taking rest. Nah, today wasn't the day. Yeah. I fell asleep during Japa. I spaced out when I looked at the deities. I got bored reading Bhagavatam. These things are very frustrating because we know that Krishna is there. So that's just something we're going to have to tolerate on the path to becoming pure. But someday it won't be like that. I would just recommend praying, Krishna, please reveal yourself to me in all your different manifestations. And someday it will happen. And it happens gradually, for sure. Um, so I think... Similarly, the devotees, although they are in London or New York, they're in Vaikuntha. That is to be realized when one is in Krishna consciousness. Yatra tishtanti madbhakta Tatratishtami Narada. Krishna says, I live there where my devotees are there. So Krishna can be everywhere when there is devotee. So this material world, spiritual world, means you forget Krishna. That is material. When you are Krishna conscious, that is spiritual. That's all. You may remain in the same place because everything is Krishna's. Ishar Vashram Idam Sharvam Isopanishad. First verse. So how you can distinguish what is material, what is spiritual? If every part of the creation belongs to Krishna, you cannot practically distinguish. This portion is spiritual, this portion is material. That distinction is due to our forgetfulness. So as soon as you come to Krishna consciousness, you will find everything spiritual. Such a nice explanation of the difference between material and spiritual. It's based on how you see it. Seeing it is part of it, but really, it's based how you interact with it. Because if you actually see it as spiritual, you'll interact with it as spiritual. And then you won't take anything for yourself. You won't live a life which is sensuous. Because you see Krishna everywhere. And if you see Krishna everywhere and everything, then it all belongs to him, then it has to be used for him. And there is no material world for you. Welcome to the spiritual world. Hare Krishna. You like the spiritual world? It's nice here, right? Only Krishna, nothing else. I only see Krishna. When Mahaprabhu, Mahaprabhu was... When he transformed into a devotee, mad in love of God, he was a teacher at that time, teaching grammar. And then he came back. And as he was teaching grammar, he said, everything means Krishna. <laughs> it's just, there's only Krishna. Even, the, even all the grammar lessons, everything in the grammar lesson, what does it mean? Oh, teacher, what does it mean? It means Krishna. Only Krishna, 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 Krishna. That's all it means, Krishna, Krishna. Yeah, so <laughs> one time Prabhupada said, he said, I forget the context, but, you know, he said, we're, we're just trying to inject Krishna everywhere in everything. Just 
get Krishna everywhere in people's minds. That's when Prabhupada even. That's why he even liked it, even if their articles were bad. If they mentioned Krishna, the Hare Krishnas are doing something bad. Okay, we don't want that kind of PR, but Prabhupada. But Krishna's name was there. Krishna got in there. Kangsa Sishupal, always thinking of Krishna, very Krishna conscious. Some of the two most Krishna conscious living entities that ever existed. Kamsa and Sishupal. Not favorably Krishna conscious, but Krishna conscious nevertheless. They were in Samadhi, Krishna Samadhi. So there is something to be said about thinking of Krishna, even inimically. Ah. You know, you know, some people have handkerchiefs. You don't have, you know, handkerchief. You have a little handkerchief, and you, and then you blow your nose, and then you put the handkerchief back. That's kind of moochy, isn't it? <laughs> it's not brahminical to have a handkerchief. It's, you know, you. Blow it and throw it away. And let me see if I can get some magic medicine. Taiwanese magic medicine. Maybe this will help me stop, stop sneezing. Sometimes we use the expression, he is in Maya. Or, I am in Maya. So what does that mean? He's in Maya, I'm in Maya. What does it mean technically, specifically, practically? It means I'm seeing everything in relation to how I can enjoy it. That's what it means when you say I'm in Maya. Right? And if you say I am in Krishna, we don't use that phrase, but it's a nice phrase, right? If I'm in Maya, then I can be in Krishna. How are you doing today, Prabhu? Oh, I fell into Krishna. It was fantastic. Got up early this morning, got my beads, started chanting. I fell into Krishna. So, what does it mean to fall into Krishna? It means everywhere I go, there's only Krishna. What does it mean to fall into Maya? means everywhere I go, there's nothing. There's no Krishna anywhere. Did you, did you I went, what did you do? I went to the movies. Did you see Krishna? No, I didn't see him. I didn't see him in the movie theater. But for a pure devotee, Premanjana Charita Bhakti Vilochanena Shantasadaivaridayeshu Vilokayanti That means 
you have prema, and you put prema on your eyes, premanjana, premanjana, charita, bhakti, you put prema on your eyes, then you will see Krishna everywhere. Can you imagine? Just imagine. You know that song by John Lennon, Imagine? Maybe we should rewrite it. Imagine you see Krishna in everybody's heart. No black or white or color, just super soul in their heart. I don't know the rest of the song. Like that, so that's that's our. You know that song by John Lennon. Imagine, he says, "Imagine there's no religion." Wow, yeah, that would solve a lot of problems. Well, maybe it would solve some problems as long as the people are spiritual. Imagine you see Krishna. Do 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 do. Imagine you see Krishna. Everywhere you go, in every atom, in every particle of snow, in every, in every living entity, you see Krishna. There, there was a devotee, this is so, such a... I find this so interesting. This is, I read this, probably read this like 45 years ago, and it just stuck in my mind. I thought, this is amazing. Uh, Lord Chaitanya had a follower, disciple, devotee. And he told the devotee, he said, he said, wherever you go, you see Krishna. And he said, therefore, just by you existing, your Krishna consciousness is expanding at every moment because you're seeing Krishna everywhere. Isn't that interesting? It's especially interesting if you turn that idea around. <coughs> the material world, it's really interesting. You know, I'm sneezing here and I'm taking this Chinese medicine, right? So probably like 10 years from now, I'll find out. No, you're allergic to the medicine that you think was supposed to cure you. That's why you're sneezing, because you're taking this medicine. The cure is worse than the disease, right? So, you see Krishna everywhere you go. Therefore, wherever you look, you're Krishna conscious. And the longer you live the more Krishna conscious you are, because everywhere you go, you see Krishna. Flip it around. Everywhere you go, you see Maya. The more you see, the more Maya you're in. Isn't it? That's an interesting way of looking at the world, isn't it? 
Chanting the holy name. I don't know the chords. Imagine everyone's a devotee. There's no Maya here. Chanting, dancing, and feasting. No drinking beer. Marco, you have to give me the chords for that, then we can make up some good lyrics. I think uh, Narendra did that. Yeah, I think he did that song and Krishnaized it. Anyway, here's the, I think, here's the takeaway, one of the big takeaways from this, what Prabhupada's saying here is, the more you become Krishna conscious, the more you become Krishna conscious. The less you're Krishna conscious, the less you're Krishna conscious. The more you're in Maya, the more you become Maya conscious. It just, it's just the way, the more you see Maya, the more you want Maya. The more you see Krishna, the more you want Krishna. So, try to see Krishna everywhere. That's Krishna consciousness. Try to see how to utilize everything in Krishna's service. That's Krishna consciousness. Try to see Krishna everything, everyone. You know, now with this, the, the consciousness that the world is in now, where it's coming out, how, how much minority groups have been exploited Here you go. Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita, Vidya Vinaya Sampane Brahmani Gavi Hashtini Suni Chaiva Supakicha Pandita Samadarshana. The Pandit sees equally everyone. Imagine a world in which we all saw everyone. We saw Krishna in everyone's heart. Wow, beautiful. Okay, so, Gabriela, we'll go to the next one. This is Bhagavad Gita 1616, South Africa. Well, Let's see if you have any comments. Gabriela from Santiago. Gabriela is down at the bottom of the universe almost. Not the bottom of the universe, bottom of this planet. Chile. I mean, it's very chilly in Chile in the winter, especially if you go to the south. It's near the south. It's near the South Pole. Virgopal Kijai. Okay, so the next one, uh, yeah, so Gabriella, we're going to go to Lecture Bhagavad Gita 1616. You can put it all in, put it all in one place, the whole quote, otherwise it's hard to follow. Nadia says, you also said in one class, Everything is Krishna consciousness if you are Krishna conscious, and nothing is Krishna conscious if you are not. That's a very profound statement. You can spend the next hundred lifetimes meditating on that. It's deep. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like if Krishna stands in front of you and you don't want to see him, you won't see him. You won't even know who he is. That's sad, isn't it? Krishna's right in front of you and you don't see him. 
happens all the time to us. Sometimes Krishna speaks to us through other people. We don't see it. Isn't it? Unfortunate. Yeah. If you don't want to see Krishna, you won't see him. If you want to see him, he'll, you'll see him. Imagine you see Krishna. What are the chords? Marco, give me the chords. See, if I were a real musician, I'd be able to figure this out. Maybe, Lucy, you could just hear it in your head and figure it out. So many chords, it's got to be one of them. Chanting Harinam. Wow, it'd be amazing, huh? I failed as a musician. I can't figure this out. <laughs> That's a good one. Imagine you see Krishna. And every person you don't like. Uh, well, we could make... All right, some more. Okay, we need more verses. I like that one, Gabriella. Five stars to you. Okay. Imagine you see Krishna running towards you. <laughs> Imagine you see Krishna running towards you. He greets you like an old friend And embraces you Alright, that's a good thing to imagine, yeah You know, honestly, I think about that a lot When I see that picture of Krishna embracing Gopakumar, I think, yeah I always tell devotees, you know, this is Gopakumar He's meeting Krishna for the first time and they're embracing, and that could be you also. He's now the star of that movie, but you could be the star of that movie, and hopefully soon you will be in that movie as the star, being embraced by Krishna. Uh, uh. Oh, then it fades out and it's Govinda Jayaja, yeah. Oh, okay, sounds good. All right, we're going to read... This is South Africa, October 18th, 1975, lecture in Bhagavad Gita. Question. Even if we don't surrender to Krishna in this life, will everyone surrender to Krishna? Will everyone go back to Godhead eventually? Good question. Prabhupada. Hmm. So you've got doubt? Rest assured, not everyone will do that. Not everyone will surrender. So you have no worries. It is not that... Everyone will do that. Therefore, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu says, E rupe brahmanda brahmite kona bhagyaman jiv. Majilila 19.151 Unless one is bhagyavan, very fortunate he'll not go back home, back to Godhead. 
he will rot here. So this Krishna consciousness movement means we are trying to make people Bhagyavan. If he wants, he can become Bhagyavan. That is our attempt. We are creating so many centers. We are teaching how to become Bhagyavan, fortunate. How to go back home, how, to, how he can be happy. Now, if one is fortunate, they will take this instruction and turn his life. Therefore, this is mission. In other words, our mission. But without becoming Bhagavan, nobody can go. Fortunate. So we are giving them chance to become fortunate. This is our mission. The most unfortunate is getting the chance to become fortunate. Any one of us can consider this. How from unfortunate life they are coming to fortunate. This is Krishna consciousness movement. That we are giving chance to the unfortunate. Everyone is unfortunate. Everyone is rascal. We are giving chance. How to become intelligent and fortunate. This is Krishna consciousness. If the people are not so fortunate and rascal, then what is the meaning of preaching? Preaching means you have to turn the rascals and unfortunate to become intelligent and fortunate. That is preaching, but unless you are fortunate and intelligent, you cannot take to Krishna consciousness. That is a fact. Now, you've probably heard Prabhupada say that eventually everyone is going back to Godhead. And so, why did here, why here is he saying no? Well, what he means is, if you remain a rascal, and unfortunate, then you're going to stick around longer, and you're going to stick around so long that it would seem like you're never going back. And often, when they would ask Prabhupada, why does someone take to Krishna consciousness and someone doesn't? And he would say the same thing, because they're fortunate. And so, you think, well, well is that all? Well, then how do you become fortunate? What does it mean to be fortunate? And, you know, so many questions will go through your head. <laughs> Only those, those who take to Christian consciousness, take to it because they're fortunate. Prabhupada, well, how do I become fortunate? Take Krishna consciousness. Hmm. Hmm. Fortunate people take to it. How do I become fortunate? Take it, then you're fortunate. Oh, okay. So sometimes that was the answer Prabhupada gave. Just, they're fortunate. Make them fortunate. Make the unfortunate fortunate. But when we hear this, what I hear, I have to become fortunate by taking it, make my, I have to make myself fortunate by taking advantage of Krishna consciousness. So we should all think like this. Bhagavan Jeev, become fortunate. How do you become fortunate? By making yourself fortunate. How do you make yourself fortunate? By taking to the process of Krishna consciousness. By doing it every day, you make yourself fortunate. And Prabhupada also said, people take to Krishna consciousness because they're intelligent. And so we want to be intelligent and fortunate. And if we're intelligent and fortunate, then we'll take to Krishna consciousness every day. Right? So, ladies and gentlemen, make yourself fortunate by taking advantage of the fortune, fortune that's being given to you. That's the idea. 
Okay, I'm gonna go down. Maybe we have more lyrics to our song. C, C, major seventh, F, for the verses. Yeah, I got it for the verses. Um, and the other part, I was playing that part. Okay. Imagine all the people, imagine all the people. to practice this not in front of you <laughs> that is such a good song if you change the words <laughs> to Krishna consciousness. Yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to, we'll have to Krishnaize that song. And you're going to give me the lyrics, all of you. Send me your lyrics. CC major seventh, yeah. What if I Well, there were four Beatles. At least one of them became a devotee. That's not bad, right? One out of four. That's amazing. <clears throat> it would be quite amazing if they all became devotees, right? And they singing all these Krishna conscious songs and the devotees in the studio helping them write the lyrics. That would have been <clears throat> amazing. <clears throat> you, know, um, you know the story about George Harrison and Here Comes the Sun? You know that song? Something in the way he she moves me. You know that song? I don't want to see her now. Here comes the sun. That song was about Krishna. Did you know that? So the way the song went, Something in the way he moves me. I don't know the song that well. That was after I became a devotee, I think. And so he, you know, the, all the producers said, you can't sing he because everyone will think this is weird. 
what, George Harrison is gay and, you know, being gay in like 1970 or something was hard for people. People thought there was something really wrong with you. He said, you can't say he. He said, but I'm singing about Krishna. No, you have to say she. So he had to change it, but something in the way she moves me. But he was thinking of Krishna when he sang it. Did you know that? How, raise your hand if you knew that. How many of you knew that? An interesting fact of trivia, George Harrison trivia in relation to Krishna, that he was actually singing about Krishna, not about some girl. Here comes the sun. Yeah. Yeah, Hare Krishna. Okay. Can we go on and read some more? FGC, C major 7th. E, E 7th. Oh, we got some new chords. We have the words here. You may say I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. I hope someday you'll join us and the world will become one. Yeah, not without Krishna. Not without Krishna. We got all kinds of chords. Isn't it interesting? Sometimes you go online and say, what's the chords for this song? <laughs> you go to different sites and you get different chords, which means you can play it different ways. Uh, okay, we have a question. What in practice the fortunate means? Why some are more fortunate? Ooh, that's a good question. And some are less. And the answer is, become more fortunate. And the other answer is, make other people fortunate. You do your best to make other people fortunate by giving them Krishna, and then whatever happens will happen. Why they become fortunate? Well, it's difficult to say. Because Prabhupada, when asked this question, he didn't give a pat answer. Sometimes he said, they're intelligent. Because they're intelligent, they take to it. And there's also another factor, which is, of course, the ultimate factor, by the association of devotees. So, if we have to give an, a pat answer, I would give this. That due to the interaction between a person's past piety, the piety that you create now by engaging them in devotional service, because you can... Maybe they don't have much piety, but somehow you make friends with them. They have a nature they like to help. You get them to engage in service. And by your own purity and power, that combination, that it all works together. So, you know, people have to begin bhakti somewhere. And the more you can engage them, and the more Krishna conscious you are, the, f the faster they'll advance. But... Somehow or other, they're fortunate. They come in touch with devotees. And when Prabhupada said, was asked this question, and he gave many answers. One answer is, I've, he said, Prabhupada, what, what did we do to meet you? And he said, nothing. You know, the, the question was, what, what, what was our fortune to meet you? And he said, you didn't, you, it was just I created your good fortune. So the pure devotee comes, he engages you in devotional service, he creates your good fortune, <clears throat> somehow or other you take it up, why you take it up, all oh, right, you were devoted in your past life, some fortune, some inspiration, you made a pure devotee, somehow or other you take it up, it all happens. And you'll never know exactly why someone takes it and someone doesn't, 
But you could, you know, say, well, he's not pious, he doesn't have the samskars. That may be true, but in Mahaprabhu's movement, it's like you don't need all that. You just need mercy. So from my perspective as a preacher, I just think, what can I do to be an example? What can I do to communicate Krishna consciousness? What can I do to inspire people? What can I do to make people feel happy in Krishna consciousness and comfortable? And, and then things will fall as they fall. That's the best we can do. At least give them the fortune. And one of the ways we give them the fortune is through kirtan, prasadam, and service. Everybody likes to eat and everybody likes to sing and dance. So, at least that much. God, that would be, you know, now with the racial, what's going on in the world, a Krishna conscious version of John Lennon's song would be quite timely, wouldn't it? That'd be good for South Africa, Lucy, right? Why don't you write the song and you can sing it and record it? Actually, Lucy, all you have to do is just record your voice if you don't have anything else. Just have a metronome in your ear, record your voice, and send it to me, and I'll put the music to it. Or, or just get a, you can get a, you can get a track. They have tracks online with these songs, just the music. You can sing to it, a Krishna conscious version for South Africa, because South Africa is, is really in the mood of multiracial, well, at least on paper, multiracial integration. It's called the Rainbow Nation. Different colors coming together. So Krishnaize that song. Wow. And sing it. Whoa. It could be huge in South Africa, right? <clears throat> Pretty soon we'll see Lucy on YouTube with like 400 million hits for that song. Right? It's going to be amazing, Lucy. It's going to be amazing. Okay. <clears throat> So you all send Lucy your words. She's going to sing it. Are you ready for that, Lucy? You into that? You have somewhere you can record it? And Lucy say, Ah, oh, Guru Maharaj, you should sing it. I sing so many things. Why don't you sing it? You're South African. You sing it for the South African people. Srila Prabhupada said he created our good fortune. He worked tirelessly to make us fortunate, so we should work hard to cultivate others' good fortune. Cole Palanani, you took the words right out of my mouth. <clears throat> Imagine feeling Krishna always in your heart every time. Yeah. Imagine feeling Krishna in your heart. I like that line. Recently heard about the story behind Here Comes the Sun. Yeah, interesting, right? By the way, it seems we Nityabhadas are less fortunate. Nityasiddhas are really fortunate. Now that is a difficult question. I'm wondering if Nityasiddha also had to go through material world. No, not all of them. Some? No, there's some Nityasiddha that never come here. Some that do. Um, and some, anyway, you're getting the mercy of Mahaprabhu. How, what more could you want? 
It's not fair. What do you mean it's not fair? You got Mahaprabhu's mercy. You're in a better position. It's not fair! I ended up here. Yeah, well, why, why did you want to come here? Why are you blaming someone else? You know, you, you, you eat, you eat, and you suffer. And then you blame, what do you, you blame the potatoes, you blame the carrots. Why did you give me a stomachache? And the carrots say, because you ate ten times too many. Because you had three gallons of ghee on me, that's why. So, it's not fair. Okay, even if you think it's not fair, you've got Mahaprabhu's mercy. So, what more could you ask for, right? You got Mahaprabhu's mercy. You couldn't ask for anything more. You're, you're in a better position than the Nitya City. You have Mahaprabhu's mercy. You're on your way to Braj. Be happy. Yeah, oh, Joshua Green. Yogeshwar wrote a book called Here Comes the Sun about George Harrison. Uh, Rupa says, We worship the sun guy by chanting the Gayatri Mantra. Yes. Surya is the life and soul of this universe, and there are innumerable. And the sun god is, Krishna is also Surya Narayan. It's a sun god and life and soul just this spirit. Life and soul of the Tiger Krishna. So that Surya, that sun god, is actually Krishna. Narayan. In his past life, the devotee was a demon. That's why, fortunate, continuing. Uh, his past life, the devotee was a devotee. Yeah, but you have to start somewhere. So, there's a lot of people who weren't devotees who are starting their Krishna consciousness now. So that's also there, because you have to start from scratch, you have to start from zero. And Prabhupada said, usually when you see somebody taking up devotional service enthusiastically, steady and determined, it's because they're continuing. And Prabhupada said that. But at the same time, Prabhupada's mood was, <laughs> we... We don't go out and say, can I see, excuse me, sir, before I give you this book, can you give me your birth date? And then we look it up. No, you weren't a devotee in your last life. Okay, we'll see you later. It's not like that. Lojitanya's mercy is so powerful. And so, although Prabhupada said that, you know, you continue because you're a devotee, he never, never said that people can't take up Krishna consciousness. He said, generally... If you're a devotee in your past, you'll be more serious. But he said, you have to start somewhere. And my thinking, and this is the way Prabhupada preached, was we just encourage everyone to be Krishna conscious and go back to Godhead in this lifetime. That's how Prabhupada preached. And he never said, well, 16 rounds, four principles, you'll go back to Godhead if you were a devotee in your last life. But if you weren't, it's going to take you three lives because you weren't a devotee. So he never said that. Now, you might say, but it must be true if they're doing 16 rounds, they must have been a devotee. Maybe. But Lord Chaitanya's mercy is such that why should we limit his mercy? But then you have these stories like Magrari the hunter, 
going from such a low state to such a high state, Jagai and Madai, and so many stories. So those stories are there to give encouragement to anyone to become Krishna conscious. And now, all over the world, people are being Krishna conscious. So personally, I prefer to see, like, anyone can be a devotee if they're willing to take to the process. And especially sometimes when we go out in the world and meet people, we do meet people who we see them and we know this person's a devotee. They just don't know it. They're so attracted, like immediately attracted, and they can't leave the devotee association. I think, yeah, they must be devotees. Yeah, we see that all the time. But there are others who will go slowly. And Krishna Karshanti, you are the most fortunate woman in the universe because you have Mahaprabhu's mercy. Okay, Lucy's going to sing the song that's going to be the song that's going to bring South Africa together, South Africa together, and the world together. That'll be a nice song. Yeah. You know they have this saying, I'm colorblind? You know that? What do you think about this group of people? What do you think about Chinese people? What do you think about Arab people? What do you think about African people? I'm colorblind. What does that mean? It means Vidyavinaya Sampane, Brahmani Gavihashnini, I just see the soul, I don't see the body. Yeah, making people. Um, Kamini says, I appreciate you added making people comfortable. Yeah, it's very important. You know, here's a problem. We have a problem. That when the movement started, everyone lived in the temple. Everyone was brahmachari or brahmacharini. And that's a model, which is a very important model and powerful model for those who want to live in temples and get that training, which is fantastic. If you live in a temple, get that training, it's fantastic. But, and, um, and there are many devotees also who choose to live in India, and they really like India. And they've been living there for years. And even some of them have become kind of like Indians. They talk a little bit like Indians dress like Indians, they really love it. Have you ever seen that? An American devotee, a Western devotee, they're in India and they're like, acha. They're just becoming Indian. I mean, they probably were Indians in their last life. They just love it. But from what I see, the mass of people that are coming to Krishna consciousness, they don't, it's not in their nature or consciousness to think about living in a temple or being Indian. It's just They just kind of adapt Krishna consciousness and integrate it as much as they feel comfortable with within their life and practice it. Not as Indians or brahmacharis or brahmacharinis. That's what I see. I'm not making a judgment that it's good or bad or right or wrong. That we could say for another talk. Is that good or bad or right or wrong? That's just what I see. And so I see if if the world's going to be Krishna conscious, that's 
obviously what it's going to look like, people in their ordinary lives being Krishna conscious. So that's why I say comfortable, because if people are made to feel like you have to be overly austere or so forth, to be Krishna conscious, they'll feel uncomfortable and they'll go somewhere else. Right? We've seen that also. There's a lot of places you can go. Anandavati wants to ask me, are you all Hare Krishnas always so happy? Because he's seen Hare Naman videos. Are you always... And what did you say, Katie? You say, no, I'm pretty miserable myself. Do you know I was thinking... Uh, okay, Lucy and I will sing together, and Katie's going to play the guitar. We'll all sing together. Wow. Okay, Lucy's going to... Write the song, right? She'll sing the lead, and then for the bridge, we'll all sing it. So we have Kamania, we have Katie, and you'll have to all, like, send me your tracks. We'll figure this out. Someday we'll do it. We'll get it done somehow. It'll be a project. It'll be the the morning, it'll be Laugh Your Way Back to Godhead project for all. And then, oh, we have Marco there. Marco, we need a piano player. We can just make it simple. We can just get the track and just get a track online. The music's already there. Yeah, that's easy. The music's already there and all you have to do is sing the chorus, but we have to get the words first. We'll send you the words. And whoever can sing, you can sing and send me the track. Or maybe we'll send it to Marco. You can do all the hard work. Mix it. She has access to a studio. Okay. All right. So... Send your, um, Lucy, you can go through the chat here and note all the lyrics. And if you have lyrics, anyone, um, Lucy, put up your email address or WhatsApp and they'll send them to you. Now today, everybody's going to be singing. After class, you're all going to be going, Imagine there's no <laughs> demons. <laughs> no, we can't say that. But are we always happy? Um, here's my thought on that. The person sees devotees. Are they always happy? So I was, I was watching some videos of kirtans, not just our group, but other organizations that do kirtan. And of course, we know how people love to sing and dance, and we know how people love to eat. And then I, I was preparing for a class, and in the preparation for a class, I came across a video of a godbrother who's very upset about things going on in ISKCON. And he was, it wasn't, he was talking with a group of other upset people. And, they were, and I was looking at that and I was thinking, there, there are a lot of people who you know, don't like everything that goes on in the Hare Krishna movement. That's to be expected for any movement, any organization. And then I was thinking... But when we're doing kirtan and when we're taking prasadam, everybody's happy. Nobody's, nobody in the middle of the kirtan is like, yeah, I'm not chanting because, you know, the GBC, I'm zipping my lips. No. I mean, if you feel that way, you won't even come to the kirtan. But when we're having wonderful kirtan, when we're taking wonderful prasadam, everything is just like, it works. Everything's great. So... I think we all know this, but it's nice to be reminded of it. 
isn't it? And it's like more and more when I think about this, I think, you know, and, and Prabhupada also said, when we had a festival, he told the president, he said, don't speak for more than 10 minutes. On stage, when you give your talk, don't speak for more than 10 minutes. And Prabhupada joked, he said, don't speak this boring philosophy for more than 10 minutes. So, so Prabhupada was comparing, you know, kirtan and prasadam to philosophy. So in comparison to kirtan and prasadam, philosophy is boring. You're not the body, you have karma, you're suffering the threefold mission. Okay, 10 minutes, that's all I can take, that's enough. All right, just give me more prasadam and kirtan, do a drama, this philosophy, I can't take it. That was kind of like Prabhupada's mood. So I was thinking of that the, other, the last few days. I was thinking, you know, where there's kirtan and good prasadam, it seems like everything is okay. And all the problems, that's another t-shirt, all the problems start when the kirtan stops. Isn't it? Isn't it? As long as the kirtan's going, it's like everybody's happy, you know. That's a great t-shirt. All the problems start when the kirtan stops. Make a note of that. I've always felt like that. Haven't you? Or all the all the problems stop when the kirtan starts. I think it's better when it yeah, you could do it either way. Yeah. Hare Krishna. Um, okay, we're going to make an amazing song. Krishna Karshani has been having a traumatic experience being in a material body. You know how we said, remember, a few, like a month or so ago, we said, your body is your prison suit and the material world is the prison. Tanya says, I've heard from several sources that the main factor in developing Krishna consciousness is the mercy of devotees. Yes, that is 100%. Through Agyata Sukriti, the devotee engages the person in pious activities, yeah, well, devotional pious activities. And the person slowly accumulates devotional merit without even knowing. Yes. But by the association of pure, it's not just engaging them, but it's that association of pure devotees also that in, infiltrates into the heart. That So, what I've always said, and I always will say, because it's so important, all of us need to become more Krishna conscious, because the more Krishna conscious we become, the more powerful will the effect of our association be on people we associate with. Rupa Goswami, I think it was Rupa Goswami who said, if you have a crystal and you have some color next to the crystal, then the crystal becomes that color. It reflects that color. And he said, so association is like a crystal. You will reflect, you'll become the color of what you associate with. So if you're very, very pure, then the people you associate with, they automatically will get Krishna consciousness by your association. So... You know, fundamentally speaking, there's 
although there's so many ways to spread Krishna consciousness, this is the most fundamental. Because even if you had no real, you know, like in the early days of the movement, we didn't have much facility, just a few devotees on the street chanting. So what do we had? You know, we each had two dhotis and two quarters and a sweater and a pair of socks and a pair of shoes or two pairs of socks, one pair of shoes. We didn't have much. And we're dug in cartels and we'd go out. But if there's a pure devotee, that's all that's needed. And from that, so much will come. But if you have all facility, you don't have pure devotee, then it doesn't work. It's like a nice car without an engine. So thank you for that comment, Tanya. It is true. Maybe you can incorporate a children's choir into some of the chorus. That would charm many people. Good idea. Why not? Yeah, that would be easy to do, right? If you can get them in the studio. Lucy, we should just travel around South Africa doing kirtan in all the villages, right? Indra Swami used to do that. Distribute prasadam, go in all little towns, do kirtan. Every, you know, it's like chanting, dancing. It's so interesting when you see kirtans of African devotees and how they're dancing. It's like, I love watching it because they're such good dancers and they love to dance so much. Sadhya says, I am confused. At one place, Prabhupada said, my Guru Maharaj sent Lord Chaitanya and his associates. Then he said, I created your good fortune. <clears throat> this is a very good point. Um, when, I think, I think based on what I'm saying, based on this discussion, we've actually answered this question, that for some that's true, and for others, the other is true, and for some, both are true. Because let's say, let's say, Satyarupa, you were so-and-so Maharaj in your last life. You were Satrupa Swami in your last life. And you became a Swami because you had such a bad relationship in Grihasta life with your wife that you were traumatized and you became Satrupa Maharaj. And now you've taken birth again because it's Satrupa Maharaj. When you died, you were thinking, I hate my wife, and you became a woman. And now you're attracted to devotional service. Okay. And now you're Satyarupa Devi Dasi. But without the mercy of a pure devotee, without the mercy and engagement in devotional service, how would you actually continue and take it up? And you could be distracted by that also, right? Because Prabhupada said that. It's not just because you did devotional service doesn't mean you're going to seriously take it up in your next life. So I think you could see a combination of both going there. Okay, I did devotional service in my last life. What did I do? Um, I ate a gulab jaman. I ended up in Arisa at Jagannath Puri. I saw Lord Jagannath. Okay, that's all I did. So now I, you know, I take birth in America, and I see Lord Jagannath again, and I take more prasadam, and, and devotees engage me. So, you know, to what degree were you devotee in your past? And, and you know, that's anybody's guess, right? And at the same time, you can begin your devotional service sometime, somewhere, somehow, right now. And so to continue it, you need mercy. 
we need to create good fortune, right? But if you continue and you're very, very, you advance very quickly and you're very determined, it's because you were more advanced in the past. So I don't think they're contradictory. They work together. According to different people, some will need more Gyatya Sukriti, some will need less, some already have a lot with them. So, Sat Rupa Maharaj, make this your last life. Okay? Otherwise, Sadhya Rupa, you're going to die thinking, I never want to get married. And then you die and you become, again, Sat Rupa Maharaj. And he'll keep going back and forth, you know, for like hundreds of lifetimes. A Maharaj in one life, a woman who hates men in her next life, a Maharaj. And, yeah. Maybe we should write a novel, the, the, the ex escapades of Sat Rupa Maharaj and all the lives he goes through. And, yeah. You know, and this sounds funny, but it's quite possible this could happen because if we don't change, we have the same nature and then the same nature keeps acting out life after life. I hope you're laughing, Sat Rupa, and not crying. Uh, I remember my past life and I was as far as possible one can be from being a devotee wow just see that proves the point anything's possible I'm colorblind is a problematic phrase at this point in our history although when it's used in a Christian conscious mood of course we understand as devotees what it means but others find it offensive yeah we're transcendentally colorblind. Well, at least in America, when someone says I'm colorblind, they're, they're trying to say they don't notice color. But I guess the problem is that they say it, but it's not true. Is that why it's offensive, Kamenia? Because the people who say it don't act like they're colorblind. Anyway, this is a big issue, but... Vidya Vinaya Sampane, Brahmani Gavi Hashtini, the pundit sees a Brahman, dog cat elephant, meat eater, outcast, dog eater, outcast. As um, you know, it's interesting, dog eater. Right? We need to investigate this. You know, Bhagavad Gita uses the word dog eater. Do you notice that? Swapacha. Swapacha. You're one of the ways you would make a distinction between different kinds of people is based on what they eat. So Shastra makes this distinction based on that the lower class persons would eat dogs. But as far as I understand, it's because nobody would eat cows in those days. They would eat dogs or other lower animals. So, so it doesn't say cow eater. It says, you know, it'll say meat eater. To my knowledge, to my memory, it doesn't say cow eater, it says dog eater. Because, you know, one would think, well, if it's a, if it's a choice eating, between eating a cow and a dog, we would say, if you have to eat, eat a dog. And Prabhupada said that also. So, as far as I understand, it means that nobody would eat a cow. So, that was considered, eating a dog was considered low. But eating a cow, if you would eat a cow or a dog, eat a dog. 
Even the dog eaters can become pure devotees. Acha. Kamaniya says, Acha. You do this, Kamaniya, also. Acha. You, you speak uh, grammatically like Indians speak. I'm going to see the God. If you take Indian language and you transpose it on American language, where there's not supposed to be a the, you put a the, and where there's supposed to be a the, you take it out. Have you noticed that? Oh, we have two acha wallas here. Acha. Lucy, you say acha. Ah, acha. And everybody's thinking, what does acha mean? Acha. Well, it means good in Hindi. Bhut acha. Very good. But it's used kind of like, cool, okay, acha. It's one of those, you know, one of those words you could use for anything, right? Oh, this prasadam delicious. Acha. How much does that cost? Cost 20 rupees. Acha. What time is the train leaving? Three o'clock. Acha. So, all of you go to India. You don't have to speak Hindi. All you have to do is say, Acha. Acha. Cha. Acha. And go like this. And everyone will like you. So, I think, I think, Acha is the new cool word. We could say, Acha. Ooh. But you can't say that's a cha. That doesn't work that way. So it has to be, you can't say that's a cool song. That's a, a cha song. I mean, you could, because it means good. But I don't know. We have to work on that. I'm so comfortable uh, with Indians. I was surely Indian in my last life. You know, Kavani, about 10 years ago, I went to India and I had. I, I was thinking, I want to be born in India in my next life. I want to be born in an Indian family. I'm finished with America. I hate it. I hate Americans. I just want to be in India. And my wife was like two years old. She was like doing yoga and listening to Indian music. Nahi. <laughs> Acha. You Hare Krishna devotees born in the West, you are all Indians. And you took birth, as Prabhupada said, to spread Krishna consciousness. Isn't that a beautiful thought? That I took birth in America, and Anna took birth in Greece, and Kamiya took birth in England, and Krishna Karshini in Poland, and Aditi in Germany, and Nadia in Siberia, and whoever else is listening from the Ukraine. And France and all these places and Mexico and South America, we all took birth there to be planted to spread Krishna consciousness. Isn't that a beautiful thought? Instead of thinking I took birth to enjoy, I took birth by divine arrangement to help Srila Prabhupada in the country I took birth in, make that country Krishna conscious. That is the thought for the day, the thought for the week, the thought for the month, the thought for the year, the thought for the decade, the thought for your lifetime. I love that thought. When Prabhupada said that, I just... My my whole Vyasa Puja offering this year, which you won't be able to see until Vyasa Puja, it's not the one in my Vyasa Puja book, that was my 2019 offering, because you get the year before. It's it's on this topic. Like, did we, did we take birth? Because, you know, this very question, did we, is it all mercy or were we devotees? 
And I go back and forth, pros and cons. It's an interesting offering. I think it's interesting, and I, I debate this. But the conclusion, if I remember correctly, uh, but the, conclu the conclusion is that to think that I've taken birth in the Western, I was Indian, taken birth in the Western countries, I've done devotional service in the past, I've taken birth, I've got contact. And even like Anna says, I don't have contact, which, you know, if you do past life regression, the question is, which life was it? It's not necessarily the last one. So maybe you skip back a few. And, and it's a beautiful thought that I've taken birth to serve Prabhupada. I have not taken birth for sense gratification. I've taken birth to serve Prabhupada. I think that all the time. I, you know, people say, how, how have you remained in devotional service all these years? And, and I think one of the answers, or many answers, I think one of the answers is I never thought of myself as born for sense gratification. Once I met Prabhupada, it's like, oh, I was born to serve you. That's what my, my Vyasa Puja offering. I think the name of it is born. To, I'd love to read it. I don't know. I don't know if it's bona fide. You can read an offering before it's offered to Prabhupada. Ah, I'd love to read it to you. I think that's the name of it, born to serve Prabhupada. And so that thought, you know, I could... I could enjoy, I could do so many things. No, but I was born, I was placed in this country to serve Prabhupada. That's such like it's such a beautiful thought, isn't it? And it, it'll if if you adopt that thought, it'll give you strength because you're not here to enjoy this world. You were placed here to make other people Krishna conscious. That's why you're here. You're all like associates of Prabhupada in some way. Beautiful thought. And Rupa says, what is Indian? I was born in London, but my blood is Indian. You are a Lindian. She's, Rupa is a Lindian, born in London, but Indian parents or grandparents. You know, it's another beautiful thought, Rupa and all of you. I was, I was once meditating on this. It's incredible. It was now with this with the racism on everyone's mind, it's a beautiful thought, that everyone, every human being, in some way, you're related to. In some way, everyone is a brother or sister. Isn't it? Today, if you go out, you see other people. Every person you see, think, he's my brother or she's my sister. Every single person. It's amazing I've done this. I can't say I do it 24-7. Maybe someday. But, and this could be a line from your song, Lucy. Although it's kind of cliche, we're all brothers and sisters. But if you see everyone just like a brother or sister, it's amazing how that affects your interaction with people, how you deal with them. You've... You feel connected. You feel so much closer. So actually, we're brothers and sisters. It's not you and me working to get the resources of this world. It's just, we're just one family sharing the planet together. And that consciousness, well, if we had that consciousness, it would be a different world, right? The Vaishas need that consciousness because they don't deal with people like family. 
you know, this 5G is coming out. Ah, it's going to be, it's going to, it's, it's going to be bad. That's all I can say. It should be illegal. Making people comfortable in taking up Krishna consciousness for me also means encouraging them in making baby steps. Yeah. I think Indian is people who live in India. Hmm. That's profound. But, yeah, I think Indian is people who have Indian passports, isn't it? No. But you have Indian bodies and you're a coconut because you're born in the West, so white inside, brown outside. Anyway, the world now is like, what's Indian? What's pure Indian? You know, like, go to India and, you know, you drive by a university and the kids are sitting out in t-shirts and jeans and smoking and all the boys and girls are hanging together. It looks like anywhere in the world. So how Indian is that? Okay, Kamania, you're going to be a big star in this production. Then we have to have a music video. Like we are the world, we are the people, we are the one who's going to make a better day for you and me. Anyway, we'll figure it out, right? Then we'll get all the, like, rock star devotees to sing, right? Like that one devotee did that song everybody was singing. That's too much work. Uh, uh, Rupa's become an American. She lives in Alachua. Well, you know what they say. You can take the Indian out of India, but you can't take... You can take the Indian out of India, but you can't take... India out of the Indian. Or you could say that you could take the Italian out of Italy, but you can't take the pizza out of the Italian. So, I'm losing internet shortly. We're just crossing from Switzerland into Austria. Well, say hello to my relatives in Austria. Thank you. We'll listen back later. Okay. We're on, well, we're finished. The Holy Name fills us with happiness. Yes. When do you have live kirtan? 10.30 a.m. on Sunday. You missed it yesterday. Everything's supposed to be on my Facebook. Okay, that t-shirt. All the problems start when the kirtan stops. That would be a good one to sell. Kamania, that would be a good one. That would be a good one for you guys to sell when you play. All the problems, you know. Um, that's a good one. All the all your problems stop when the kirtan starts. All your problems start when the kirtan stops. Maybe two sides of the t-shirt, right? One on the front, one on the back. And never stop dancing. Never stop dancing, parenthesis, and chanting. Right? And we have that t-shirt. Never stop dancing, parenthesis, only to take prasadam. Um, it's online. Kirtan's online. Yeah. On my Facebook. I think it's important to let people, I mean potential devotees, stay the way they are and not make them Indian. We see in Poland people appreciate Krishna consciousness, but they're not interested in wearing shari or dhoti. The Indian side of our movement is very much discouraging for most people. It seems that we want 
to attract more people, we have to make them feel comfortable. Yeah, they may want to wear shari, dhoti, you know, for the festival, like to dress up. It's kind of fun, but yeah. Um, it's it's so true, and we're so, the movement's so young, and we don't have a lot of perspective on, you know, we don't have like a thousand years of perspective to look back on, but it's obviously a different world today, and things will be different. We can open a merch shop. What? Uh, a merch shop, yeah. Well, we have this site. It's called Bonfire. We can, and they make T-shirts and they sell them on their site. Yeah, Chai Day's Mantra Choir. Yeah. Okay, it's time for a story. This is a beautiful story. I'm going to have to bypass because it's so late. Uh-huh. Save your comments, Ritama Kamalaksha. Kamalakshi, if you could save that. Um, I It's too late. If you want to put your comments, I want to tell the story. This is a beautiful story. If you want to put your comments, save your comments and put them tomorrow, we can go over them. So, this is South Africa. I'm not sure when. Maybe it was seven years ago. Probably longer. Maybe Lucy knows. Lucy, when was the... Um, the Rathiatra at, at the beachfront that Indrajumasam you organized, that orchestra came. What year was that? Do you know? Maybe less than seven. Of course, time flies. I always estimate everything happens sooner than it does. Do you know the year? So anyway, so <clears throat> there was a Rathiatra festival, and I think there were maybe 4,000 people in the tent. And they had this orchestra, the, what was it called? The KwaZulu Orchestra? Something like the Kwa, Natel KwaZulu something. Yeah. Like a real orchestra. And Bibi Govinda Maharaj was singing Amazing Grace and doing Kirtan. 2013, seven years ago. Wow, look at my memory. That's amazing. I was watching a video last night. I couldn't sleep last night till like 1 a.m. or something. I'm going through all these old CDs, and on this old CD is a video of me giving a, a seminar on vows, and I was watching it. And I was watching it, and I was laughing. I was so funny, and I was so fired up. It was so good. I don't even know if I could do it that well as I did then. I had just been trained how to facilitate seminars. It was so funny to watch. I was impressing myself with myself. You think I'm an egomaniac or what? So, the KZN Philharmonic Orchestra, the KwaZulu Natal, is that it? So they're singing Amazing Grace, and they were trying to get devotees to sing the backup, but they couldn't, and Jayadeva had gotten a choir. So they said, let the choir sing. So they did Amazing Grace and Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna, is that right? If I'm remembering correctly, is that what they did? Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram. That's what I remember. So they had, I think they were all, the choir was all dressed in 
They're like a gospel. They're like gospel singers from Africa. African gospel singers doesn't get any better than that. And they're all dressed in white, and they're they're doing their dance. I remember their dance. They're like they're not dancing like we dance. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna. Right. So Bibi Govinda's singing, you know. And then there's a lady, one of the gospel choir singers, next to him, and he grabs her hand. This was this was not planned, and he gives her the mic. And these gospel singers are all Christians, right? And they were just hired; they're willing to do it, but they're all Christian gospel singers. Really good. He gives her the mic, and then she. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. And so this black gospel woman, female singer in South Africa is singing the Hare Krishna mantra. And the audience went completely mad. It was like, okay, this is like, this is like unprecedented. This is like, you know, this is unity. This is, uh, it was like, and the Indians were like, practically everybody was crying. It was so amazing. They're singing Amazing Grace and it was so amazing. Put the link. You want to see the link to that? I don't have it. Maybe Lucy can find it. Maybe it's not been recorded. I don't know. It was amazing. You have to imagine on your mind. She's singing and they're singing together. It was like, whoa. Hare Krishna. Okay, we're going to go. And um, yes, um, we're doing a program today at 2 for the Pandavasena in London. I don't know if anyone else can join. It's about Grihasta life. I think it's a private program. You'll have to take your birth, uh, another birth, as a coolie, a guru coolie, as they say, in London to join it. Become part of the Pandavasena, I think. Hare Krishna, Srila Prabhupada, Gijay, Gopremanandi, Hare Hare Bo.